Good Monday evening to you all. It's time for an hour with Matt Eberflus on the Bears Coaches Show. Jeff Joniak with you until 8 o'clock tonight here on News Radio 105.9 WBBM. Good evening, Matt. How you feeling, buddy? I'm doing well, thank you. And that was fun to recap, wasn't it? Uh, we'd love to get the win, obviously. I don't want to minimize that, but 35-32 to the Dolphins. It was a fun show for the entire audience watching that one. A uh, special day. And, you know, for me, 62,000-plus had an opportunity to witness something really unique and memorable, and they're never going to forget it. In the old days, you know, you get the ticket stub, you can save the ticket stub. That doesn't happen anymore with the electronic tickets, ticketing, which I always thought was awful because that's memories you want to frame. But they saw Justin Fields run for 178. Record. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty impressive, obviously, and you know my hats off to the to the entire offensive line and the and the, the receivers and everybody downfield that were blocking for him. You, we always saw the big run where Mooney shielded the guy uh, for him to pop that sixty-one yarder. So, but that was all day. You know the the runs, the design runs that we had for him, those are all being blocked really well. My, my hats off to you know to Chris Morgan, our offensive line coach, and the offensive line uh, as a whole uh, for blocking those plays. All right, so. I use the word heroic to describe what he did. There are many adjectives. What is the first thing that pops in your mind as you're watching it first live and then watching it again? What's, yeah, I what? would just say speed. I mean, he's just so athletic, and you know, when he gets into the open field, uh, there's not many people that can catch him, and uh, he's just that fast, and he's elusive too, and he's very strong. Um, you see him break tackles. Uh, you see him get out of the pocket when a lot of guys think he's sacked, and he steps out of there and gets a first down, and and uh, very strong, um, and I think he's very wise in the way he's using himself, you know, in terms of running the ball. So, meaning that he gets down when he's supposed to get down. You saw that many times. Uh, he did take a uh, one hit on an inside play uh, that we ran, uh, and there's really probably nothing he could do to avoid that one. But again, he was sliding on the right spots and moving uh, boundary ball, about, you know, to the boundary, getting out of bounds. And uh, doing a great job with that. Which is a development because he did take a pounding early in this season. It, it concerned you know, me just as a, as a fan and, and, and of him because of how much. But he's not taking those hits in recent weeks. It's almost like he's gearing down at the right moment as well when he's in the open field. The slides are much better. They're not as awkward maybe as a year ago or early in the season or even back to training camp in the preseason. Yeah, you know, since you know, since our mini buy, you know, we have obviously implemented some different things you know, into the offense, and you know, some different movement passes to help him out for some sight lines, you know, for him um, to really do a good job to help our offensive line, uh, you know, at certain cases. So they're not always man blocking; they're in gap protection a lot of times, and that certainly has been helpful too. Um, and then, really, for him, just being smart, you know, I think he's learning because we are running some of these different type runs and RPOs at the same time. That he's learning how to be, you know, have discernment and when to slide and when to get out of bounds. With the most dangerous ones, there was one by a DB when he comes at him from the side, and maybe he sees him coming. Whatever those side hits when he's in the open field, ones that you really can't negotiate head on. Those yeah, are the ones yeah. that scare you. There's, there's, a, there's a, you know, he's put, you know, he can get put in different situations there, and he's just got to be smart. He's got to use his instincts and be smart. Yeah, you mentioned the mini bye week. Those three games, you're the second leading scoring team in the NFL behind Seattle in that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been great. It's been great right. to see they've you know obviously I saw the stat with you know scoring drives before the yeah. before that and, and then since that so it's been uh, it's been good. The growth has been really good. But again, it's a credit to uh, the offensive coaches, you know, you know Getze and and, uh, and the quarterback and all the positions. You know, they're they're doing a good job. And again, you know, we're, we're not perfect. We have to keep on improving. Um, in all aspects, all aspects of our team, including the offense. And he is fourth now in the NFL in first downs rushing. 
no matter of the position. He's got 42 of those and 10th in rushing yards, no matter of position. So it's certainly something different and unique. Yes, Lamar has certainly done that. Uh, Jackson and Baltimore, Michael Vick performed. They each had the thousand yard seasons. Lamar's done it twice. It's just, it just feels different, looks different, and he's throwing touchdown passes now in addition. So that's the wrinkle that makes it look different. Yeah, it was great. You know, obviously the one r- rushing touchdown and obviously three passing TDs yesterday. You know, two had, uh, Cole had two of them, you know, and then we had, uh, you know, with uh, Mooney. Mooney did a great job as well, so it's cool. Is it awkward for us to be so excited about what we saw, yet you didn't win? How do you balance that even as a coach with your own team because you were in it, you had a chance to win it at the end? You know, if, if there's not a special teams gap, you outscored the Miami Dolphin offense. Your offense outscored the Miami Dolphin offense. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that's why it takes everybody. You know, it's all it's about playing complimentary football, you know, and obviously the pump block that we had was was disappointing, and that was obviously the, the difference in the game in terms of the scoreboard. There's obviously more plays that, that come into play uh, when you win or lose a football game. But I was proud of the guys, the way they put themselves in position. You know, defense shut them out in the, in the fourth quarter, came up with some really big stops at the end. And offense did a nice job of driving the ball. And, uh, you know, right there, obviously, you know, you're obviously going to talk about, I'm sure, the, the, the oh, yeah. call on the penalty yeah. and all that stuff. But we'll get to that. We got a long show. <laughs> I know. But, uh, you know, but really it was just about uh, a, a guy's putting ourselves in position to win the game at the end. And that's all you can ask. Uh, you know, it's a, a nuance, but you mentioned it in your post game news conference. I'm not sure if you said it in, in our post game interview right away, but you said something about this at, at this time. It was important, but it's important for the franchise. You look at the bigger picture right. of this. Can you explain more of why you feel that way? Yeah, I mean, just when you're talking about the growth of a quarterback, you know, and the maturation of Justin Fields for the Chicago Bears in our franchise, and, and I think that you can all see that. You know, that's that's evident. Uh, we've seen it on the practice field for weeks, you know, several weeks, where he's getting better, he's improving, he's he's understanding the offense, he feels more comfortable back there. Um, you can see him helping the receivers, and I said this weeks ago. You know that he was he was doing that, and now we saw it in the Washington game where he drove us down there uh, to win the game, and we it didn't quite happen. But now you're starting to see it the next three weeks even more. So it's you're starting to see the the fruits of his labor and the fruits of our of our team. And again, we're developing the whole aspects of our team, but certainly the quarterback position is a big part of that. How about the underrated aspect of things? Well, you really got to be a deep X's and O's fan to understand, but just adjusting protections to make a throw, adjusting receivers, because maybe that's been going on the whole time. I'm sure it has. Uh, but it just seems to stick out more when you're putting points on the board. How, how much credit do you give them for that development? No, it's 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 really the whole the whole group, you know, the whole group's whole group. work, working together. And again, we have to improve. We have to improve every single week. You know, this is a big week for us uh, going into this Detroit Lions game, and it's going to be a big week for our football team. Came out okay injury wise. Vildor just two snaps, just real quick. Anything to be concerned about this week? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're always going to look at that. You know, the injuries are, are what they are. Well, hopefully, we can get these guys back. You know, uh, coming here forward. So we'll see where he is, and we'll take it day by day. All right, some guys could be coming back as well off of injured reserve. The snap is back, looking to throw. Fields jumps up in the pocket. Now he's going to have to keep it himself. He runs. He gets the first down to midfield. Away at the 40. Fields to the 30, to the 20. Can he beat the angle? He does. He finishes in the end zone. Touchdown. 61-yard 
A Sunday stroll for Justin Fields, and the Bears do match fire with fire. Touchdown, Bears. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with Bears head coach Matt Eberflus. The Bears match up with the Lions brought to you by Cigna, the official partner of the Bears Salute to Service Initiatives. Back with you, and there was the the journey, a 61-yarder. We were talking in the radio booth, my entire crew, for weeks now because when Justin gets to the end, we knew one of these days it was going to break, and it did. And what a beautiful run. It was a memorable run. If you're at the game, you're going to always remember the 61-yard run, longest in Bears history by a quarterback. Break one uh, break the one down because uh, there was lots of blocking there, including Mooney at the end. Yeah, you know, so obviously we saw that same type of run in the Minnesota game that got called back. Yes. But uh, that was a pretty impressive run as well, as you guys remember. But uh, similar here, you know, he dropped back. Uh, we had a crossing, you know, pattern uh, in play there. Mooney was sitting uh, open in the middle of the field. And Justin uh, kind of started to uh, pull forward into the pocket. And when he did that, he, you know, he, he squared up to the line of scrimmage. So Mooney thought he was running. So Mooney ended up taking off. And then Justin squared back up before he got to the line of scrimmage and, I mean, got back into a passing set. And then at that time, Mooney turned away. So then he just, he just you know, tucked the ball back in, which actually had the defensive lineman jump, I think, and the linebacker jump in the air. And then he just took off. And then – uh, when he took off, he went to our bench, and I you know, had obviously had a good view of it. And there was a lot of speed going by me. Did you catch a breeze? Did your hair go flipping back? Yeah, a little bit. And then, uh, <laughs> and then what happened? Uh, Mooney ended up, you know, doing that great yeah. block. He just, you know, just a shield, right? Just a shield block, uh, and it was really, really smart by him. And then there, it was just, you know, take off and run from there. I mean, we could talk about him the whole night, honestly, and we're going to sprinkle in a little bit because there's just so much about it. But it almost looks like guys are standing still with him because in the way he runs. He, he, he's got gears. He's got gears, and he, he makes it look like he's you know, going to slow it down, and then he can speed up. But the fact is, is he running faster than what his time 40 was when he came out? Because it certainly looks like it. And, and the guys are really feeling it. I asked you that. Can you feel fields on the field? I, we asked you that in the post game, And, yeah. you know, we're in the booth. You're on the field. It's a different ball game. Yeah, for sure it is. And, uh, you know, he would tell me in practice, you know, during training camp, he would coach, they didn't get me. You know, I'd call a sack or something. He'd say, coach, they didn't get me, you know. I know he was right, but you didn't know for sure, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 but, but definitely, uh, you know, he, in practice, I don't call those sacks anymore. Yeah. But uh, he mm. can certainly get out of a, out of some things, and you know, and create a lot of things for us. And he's doing a good job of, of riding the pocket, you know, and looking down the field and throwing some strikes on the field too, which is also very dangerous. Uh, you know, for a quarterback that can do those things. You alluded to this. You know, the, everything's growing. Everything we're trying to grow a football team here. We're building a football team. Do you feel the offense as a whole, you're alluded to this, there's progress, but do you feel it's growing roots? I do. Yeah, I do. I really feel that. And I really feel that in our entire football team. You know, we talked about morale this morning, you know, in, in our team meeting, and, and morale starts with standards. Um, when you hold everybody to standards, uh, it doesn't matter if it's Justin or if it's, you know, uh, EQ or if it's, you know, Justin Jones, if it's, uh, you know, Eddie, whoever that is, we have standards for a football team, the way we go about our business, and that's work. You know, we really, really work hard. You know, we, we are very respectful to each other, and we want to get better and grow every single week. So that's, to me, is what I'm seeing, the roots of that. And uh, obviously with the, with the offense and doing uh, really good the last three weeks, um, you know, the guys have done that. You know, and then on defense, you know, obviously, we, you know, we had adversity. You know, we lost two of our players um, you know, to, to trades, and uh, that's to, for the benefit of the franchise. We understand that um, in the long run. 
But now we have to, you know, do a great job of leaning on that foundation of standards of what we do. And the guys are doing a good job over there. So, you know, guys are going to have increased roles. As you know, Sanborn's going to get increased roles. You know, Joe's going to get more increased roles. Those defensive ends are, are getting more increased roles. And when they do that, they have to perform, you know, and they got to perform more consistently. So that's our message for the defense is just to be consistently executing our defense and, and, and the standard which we apply and uh, good things are going to happen. We're going to get better, you know, on that side of the ball, and it's, we're going to play good complementary football, offense, defense, and special teams. Why'd you choose today to talk about morale with your team? Why? Why? Did you well, get a I sense always, of something? No, I mean, I always talk about it. Okay. I always talk. So it's about every week. It. Yeah, it's every week. To okay. me, that's that's always the number one issue on any football team. And you know, when you win, you know, against New England, you don't have to talk about it, you know, because guys are excited, and you know, then you have to lock them in, make sure we're focusing on the task at hand, but. Uh, you always got to talk about that because, to me, that's what it's all about. And it starts with the individual man. That's what it starts with. I thought Eddie Jackson quotes were pretty powerful because he said, hey, man, I, I've been here all these years and never had offense like this, and now we feel like we, we got to help them out, and we're not doing it. we got we got to fix this. And do you like that he brought that up? You know? Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. A, that's accountability. You know, yeah. he's, he's an accountable young man, and, you know, obviously he made a, a huge tackle on that yeah. third Could have been a touchdown. Um, you know, that third down play, what a great tackle coming out of the middle of the field and what a great low hamstring tackle to drop him where he was and gave us a chance to make that stop on, you know, on fourth down. So what a, what a great play. Field's going to roll, chased by Phillips, hits Cole Komet at the 11, to the 5, to the end zone! Touchdown! Touchdown Bears! Cole Komet runs it in for 18 yards on a throw by Fields. And the Bears are back in front of Miami. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with Bears head coach Matt Eberflus calling all Bears fans get the ultimate VIP fan package with Chicago Bears VIP. Secure a game ticket and appearance from Bears legends and more by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. Just heard Justin Fields, one of his three touchdown throws. The tight end Cole Komet, 18-yarder. Again, another block by one of your receivers at the end. Just a little shield by Equiminia St. Brown to get him sprung free. So Cole's feeling it, man. He had a big smile on his face. I saw him upstairs today. He was going to speak after you at the podium this afternoon and uh, he goes man just it feels different it looks different and god he got involved that that was in many different ways let's break down his day a little bit yeah I mean so Cole really had a nice day um, obviously first and foremost his blocking was really good um, you know his, his run after catch has been great all year uh, you saw him get take that catch for the first down and you know really do a good job we showed that in a team meeting today about our style because um, that's what we believe in and uh, he's been doing a great job, you know. And that play, the touchdown, the first touchdown play, obviously was a great fake by Justin, you know. And then being able to roll and then throw the ball on time, a great play call um, in that situation. And again, they had everybody loaded up in the box, you know. And that, and we uh, were really relying on the play fake uh, by him, and then also the athleticism. You know, if you get him on a one-on-one on the edge with somebody, more than likely he's going to do a pretty good job of winning that one-on-one. I'm talking about Justin to be able to get that ball in the open field and then deliver the pass. I funny because, you know, I, I, I almost every week we do these preview shows. we got to pick a, a player to watch on both sides of the ball, Tom and I. And, you know, depending on the matchups or whatever, we try to put the coaching headset on somehow. And I just keep pounding the table for Cole. And I mentioned it in the coaches show last week with you. And you, you, you always deflect and say, we're going to try to get everybody involved. But his value to all those points you just mentioned right there, like, when he trucked that defensive back, I believe it was Xavier Howard, right, number twenty-five. Um, 
That inspires a sideline, doesn't it? You're feeling that too on the sideline. That gets your offense going. The red zone. I mean, he's just a big dude that can shield bodies. Um, and, and, you know, his blocking is so valuable. But is this something that, you know, could really develop between him and Justin? No, I do. They're, they're getting chemistry and they're, and they're doing a good job of that. You know, the one thing about Cole is that he brings high energy. Uh, doesn't matter the situation. Doesn't matter if it's practice or it's walkthrough or if it's a game. Um, he's always going to bring it. And uh, that's what I really love about him. Um, his energy is always high. And he executes at a high level. And he really does a good job of, of using that big body of his to be able to you know, uh, hammer the ball down the field. And uh, and he's athletic, too. You know, there's a lot of things athletically he can do that most people can't at that size. And uh, so we're really pleased with where he is. Another big dude, and let's not forget about the two-pointer because that matters, too. Trevin Wesco got his yeah. first hands on the ball, so big target again. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of big targets on this team. Yeah, that's good. That's a good thing to have. You know, we like size. Uh, we like, you know, guys with big catch radiuses, you know, down there in the, in the gold zone. So uh, what a gr- nice play. Uh, for Wesco to be a part of. 26 snaps for Chase Claypool. You is right in the wheelhouse of what was anticipated that you suggested 10 to 30, somewhere in that range. And uh, he had six targets, a couple catches. Uh, continuity, chemistry, that will grow. I mean, he's got all the tools. Yeah, yeah. So we're excited to see his growth uh, in this offense, you know, and utilize him more and more as we get going week, uh, week to week. And uh, it's uh, certainly exciting for us. How about the job Luke gets? He's doing the creativity angle. It's great. It's been great, you know, and, and really a credit to him and his coaching staff. You know, those guys get together, um, you know, to come up with the first 15, you know, and do a really good job with the creativity of, of getting the athletes the ball in space. And we talked about this during the mini buy of maximizing our strengths and minimizing our weaknesses. And, uh, and they've done a really good job of that since that point. Um, and they're going to continue to be creative, uh, utilizing the width and depth of the field and utilizing our skill sets. We mentioned about the ball control, controlling the clock to keep that offense off the field. We saw what they could do. Uh, you were headed in that direction. We, did you have a target number for T.O.P.? No. No? We, okay. No, we did not have that. We just knew Tom that. Thayer said he wanted 38. Okay. And that was one of his keys to the game. You got the 34-plus. I thought Tom would say 48. <laughs> but, uh, no, we didn't have a target area there. We just want to do a good job of controlling the ball on offense, you know, converting on third down. Obviously, running the ball for us is very important. Um, and then playing complimentary football. And we knew we were going against a high-powered offense, and we wanted to limit their exposure as much, we, much as we could on offense. And the offense did a really good job of that. 11 of 18 combined on third and fourth down against the Dolphins. You feel you're turning the corner here on third down. Yeah, I, I really do. They're, they're, they're doing a really good job of being creative. Um, and Justin creates a lot of those you know, scenarios. Um, you know, so the makes the defense stay honest for sure. So much to talk about on the offense, but so much to talk about on the defensive side of the ball as well. We'll break that down, as well as look ahead to Sunday's matchup at Soldier Field against the Detroit Lions. Fields in the shotgun, back to his left, bunch set to the left side, and a stand-up tight end right side of the line, takes the snap, has a clean pocket, fires into the end zone, left corner, Darnell Mooney makes the catch for the touchdown! Beautiful throw, wonderful catch! Fields the Mooney! They've been cooking this stuff up for months, and the connection comes home. Mooney, his first touchdown catch of 2022. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with head coach Matt Eberflus. Ready, set, and go to any Jewel Osco for freshness at your fingertips with every handoff. Get everything from produce and meat to deli treats and more. That was Darnell Mooney touchdown catch. Uh, Break it down because nice feathered uh, throw by Justin, protection, but also 
a terrific route and adjustment to the ball by Mooney. He's got a rubber band body a little bit when he goes up for those high. He's proud of I just talked to him in the locker room last week about it. He goes, I, I can get 50-50 balls too because <laughs> we were talking about the size in the huddle. He's like, wow, I look around. I got 6'4", 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", you know. Yeah. But he likes to think he's up there with him with his leaping ability as well. No, he is, and, and he's been great, you know, uh, you know, with with the receivers and helping buddy everybody out, and he's been learning the offense too. You know, the guys have been learning the offense, and he's really got a good grasp of it now. Uh, we ask a lot of the receivers. You know, we really oh, do. You with do, the, man, with the alignments, uh, the different alignments every week, the different motions, uh, how they block. Um, he's bought into that. You know, all the way, and you could see him going on there and crack on big, bigger type guys, linebackers, and defense alignment, and and uh, like I said, you know, you know, Tyke's done a really good job uh, with that group. Nikhil Harry and I talked last week. You know, he says it is it's complex now. There's a lot on us to determine how it might have to, and it, it happened in the game, didn't it? He on a throw, he thought he should break off the route. It was press coverage. Justin thought differently. You know, a lot on these guys. Put it in context for yeah, us. Yeah, it's just you know. So for me, you know, uh, being in the meetings, you know, with the offense and with the receivers and the quarterbacks, you know, they they have to be on the same page. Yeah. Um, but just on the onset of it, you know, they have to learn the motions, the, the alignments, you know, that they're very detailed, you know, because the way we block force in the running game is, is different than most. We ask our receivers not just to run off a lot of times. We ask them to block the point of attack, and 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 our guys have done a great job with that. The reason we're able to run the ball the way we are is because a big part of that is because of the receiver position. Um, everybody always talks about the offensive line, which they should. They talk about tight ends, which they should and the runners themselves, which they should. But we utilize our receivers, you know, at a high rate, you know, in terms of how to how to block force and how to utilize them um, in that. Now, to go back to Mooney's catch, which was the yes, first question. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, you know, he did a really good job. It was man coverage. You know, we did a nice job of rubbing, you know, two and three rub right there, and he ended up being, you know, a big box fade into the corner and uh, did a nice job adjusting to the ball. You know, Justin, you know, feathered it right in there, like you said. And he did a nice job of grabbing it and then controlling it. You know, it's really about control, right? And you got to have two steps down. You know, you end up, and then he ended up rolling over, which was the third act. So then, he, you know, he ended up, that, that was the touchdown. Because some might say that, hey, that was maybe a drop because he left the ball on the ground. But the third act was actually the roll. So once he rolled another part of his body down, that was the third act. He had possession of the ball and he was all squared away. If he was deemed a falling player, after the after the control two steps, he would have to survive the ground and hold on to that ball. So our coaching point for him hmm. is to do a good job. Hey, no matter what, come up with the ball because we don't know how they're going to see it. Uh, the way they saw it was the correct way, and uh, we're all squared away with that touchdown. We've learned you can't complain, but, boy, and it's so egregious. The Claypool, uh, I don't know, it's a big bear hug, I guess the best way to describe it. It's so blatant. Is there anything you can teach a player then? That happens. I mean, I, how do you work with that? And that—that that was a that was. You don't have to say it. I can say it. That was doggone pass interference. Well, I mean, based on the rule, you know, if if both guys are playing the ball, you know, they allow contact. You know, there's a contact allowed. Like for example, on Eddie's, you know, on yeah. Eddie's, which was inadvertent though. Well, he was playing the ball. Yeah. Right. So he's there's allowed contact there. So uh, and again, that was the, I thought Eddie played that perfectly. And then going back to the Claypool play. You know, when you see early contact and early pull and restriction, um, that to me is what, what we deem as DPI. Now, yeah. again, that's their opinion, right? The officials, you know, they, they make their calls. They threw the flag there or didn't throw the flag there and threw the flag on the other one. And that's what you, you have to live with it. You know, do you have to agree with it? You can agree to disagree. 
and you got to move forward from there. Back on the Bears Coaches Show with Bears head coach Matt Eberflus. All right, let's talk about the defense. And one of the things I'd like to get into, because I love how you break things down, X's and O's, for years we've heard the bunch sets are hard to deal with for the opposition when you're defending these because you can't get contact on these guys, maybe one guy, but they head in different directions. It's like playing marbles. What are the coaching techniques with this? And especially with those guys, at times it almost like like Canadian Football League with Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill almost running at full speed in motion, curving off the line of scrimmage at the snap. How do you deal with this? Well, I mean, I can refer back to the one play that uh, I think it was the second, third down play that we had um, where they line up in a bunch set and Tyreek motioned down uh, into inside number three, started out at one, which means he's outside receiver. Then he motioned down to what the number three receiver, which inside receiver in a bunch set. And we had a double-double on him. So we had, uh, you know, Jalen was on him on the outside, you know, and then Eddie was on the inside. So we were actually true doubling. So we just got to do a good job of really keeping our leverage points, you know, on defense. So if you're an outside leverage point player, trust your help that's inside and keep your outside leverage point there. And uh, really, that's across the board. We just got to do a better job of that um, as, as going forward of making sure we're disciplined and keeping our leverage points. And then how about those pick routes? Same thing? That's, uh, that's, yeah. you know, that's down the field now. So how do, you, how do you deal with that, especially with that kind of speed? Yeah, I, I would just say get connection. You know, we got to do a better job getting connected uh, to the receiver and then running with them hip to hip. You know, if we do that, then, then you're, you're able to, to uh, avoid those picks downfield. Um, and what we call jet stream, so you can get right behind them, so you don't get picked by the other offensive player. So there's a ways then, is what you're saying to avoid getting. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, if, yeah, I, if I got a guy running a crossing route on me, we call it a jet stream. So you, what you do is you get right behind him, so you're like in his jet stream um, as you go through the pickable moments, and then you slide to the bottom shoulder or top shoulder based on what the coverage is. Uh, from that point. So you can really avoid those pick routes by doing a good technique with that. How uh, serious does it get for a defense when, you know, you got Waddle and you got uh, Tyreek catching pass after pass after pass, 75-yard drives, keeping stuff in front of you, Mm -hmm. hoping to tackle, but they're gaining these chunks. And we talked about that. That team does not get a lot of yards after the catch for whatever reason. They were second lowest in the league, but the throws at the catch point, they were by far the top team in the league. It's a really good offense with protection. He's going he's gonna to play pitch and catch. It almost looks like seven on seven. How do you keep their morale up during this? Because you're asking them not to get beat over the top. Yeah, I mean, you know, so we have to do a better job with uh, guys getting guys up underneath them. So that, to me, uh, it's not always all on the DBs. You know, we always say, hey, it's the DBs, it's the DBs. Well, that's true uh, to a certain degree. We want DBs to stay connected, to bust the triangle, to, you know, at the catch point and all those things. But – they need help, you know, and they yeah. need help by what? Pass rush. You know, the exactly. pass rush has to get there. It's rushing cover, cover and rush. Um, and then the linebackers. The linebackers and safeties have to do a good job when you're in single high or in shell defense of getting up underneath those players, you know, and, and creating small windows for the quarterback. Um, so it's really about team defense. You know, we have to do a good job. Again, we, we had some new players in there at different spots. You know, obviously, uh, you know, Nick played Will this time, which is an adjustment for him. He was playing Mike the entire year. And we moved Sanborn to Mike. You know, he was in there for his first start, and they did a solid job. You know, uh, you know, a solid job in there. Like I said after the post game, they did a really good job in the run game. You know, the run game was at a good average, uh, which is respectable for us, and it's something that we we emphasized last week and want to keep improving on um, in, in the run game. Yeah, let's talk about Jack. Uh, Jack Sanborn debut Soldier Field in a starting role, had seven tackles. I think he had the first tackle of the game, uh, just overall. 
how he how he yeah, adapted. I, th- I thought he was good. You know, I thought he, he was his block protection was good. I think his key reading was good. Um, like I said, those guys need to be up underneath some of those routes uh, a little bit better. But overall, I thought it was solid. He communicated well. Um, it was not too big for him. Um, he was he was under control. He had self control. He he communicated well um, in the huddle. Made the checks when we needed to make them. And again, he played solid. Fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken, a few more blitzes came home and disrupted. Could that be a trend depending on the matchup at a different parts of the game? I know yeah. you guys are not going to become. Uh, yeah, you know, no doubt. I, yeah. I always believe in that. I yeah. always believe in setting the offense off pace, um, and that I think we should do you know more of that. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll see going forward where that goes. But uh, again, there's been times where we have, and uh, we just got to do a good job of knocking them off pace. Let's talk about Justin Jones because every game he's getting a little something, uh, whether it be a pass breakup, the line getting his hands up, uh, tackle for loss, and again uh, he had a pressure led to an incomplete pass. He had a stop for no gain. Uh, at the start of the fourth quarter there. How has he been playing at that? Most important well. three technique. Yeah, he's been playing well. We've been moving him around a little bit, you know, in terms of his stunting and moving. You know, we're always going to do that. And uh, he's really good at that because he's a real good athlete, you know, and he's got to continue to lead that group now. Uh, uh, he's, he's obviously named captain yep. um, last week, and uh, he's been good in that role. He's got to continue to grow himself in that role, but uh, he's he's a big part of what we're going to do this uh, this week. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with Bears head coach Matt Eberflus. We'll take a look at the Lions here in just a moment. Uh, just going to hit a couple of quick points here. Does your approach to the game plan begin to take on a different feel when you start scoring so many points? You got 29 points plus the last three games, so do you, do you adjust things because you know your offense, or, or is it an in-game feel? No, I think you always play off each other's strengths for sure, you know, and that can adjust during the course of every week. You know, sometimes your your offense is playing against a really good defense and you have to anticipate that and vice versa. Your defense could be playing against a really good offense. So I think you really have to adjust week to week um, and, you, and you have to have a, a game plan together as a football team to win that game. And, again, that changes in-game. Sometimes it does change in-game, you know, where – you know, we were playing uh, uh, a team that has a good defense, and all of a sudden our offense is really moving the ball on them. So that that certainly changes and adjusts your thinking on the other side of the ball as well as special teams. Um, it also changes your charts, you know, uh, based on where you're going to go for things. Uh, you know, you might slide your aggressiveness up and down based on what's happening in the game. So you're always there to win the football game, and we're making adjustments all the time. We've spent almost the entire show have not mentioned David Montgomery or Khalil Herbert, but you know we knew it wasn't going to be simple against that team. They were sixth ranked against the against the run. They had to get carries to at least you know you got to keep modest. So just talk about what what they dealt with against this. Yeah, team. it was just are using our one two punch again. You know David obviously had a really good day. I thought you know of him really uh, making some of those runs when we needed him. You know, rugged, hard rugged, runs, strong Chicago way. You know mm-hmm. and. Uh, He's done a really good job with that all year. Um, so, you know, it was a little bit uh, tougher yesterday, but, again, we opened up the running game with the quarterback, and that's going to sometimes happen, you know, where, where you know, they're going to give us the pull keeps, you know, where he's going to pull it instead of hand it off, and they gave us a lot of those reads yesterday. Uh, let's talk about a coaching point for Khalil Herbert on the punt block on the edge. That's yeah, a, so this, you know, Jalen Phillips is no simple guy no, for an offensive lineman to block. Yeah, he isn't. And he, he chose to use a cut block on that particular case and then to just end up missing it, you know, and he's just got to set his feet just a little bit quicker, be a little bit more aggressive um, and get him down on the ground there. So uh, again, that was a nice play by, by him, by the, by the Dolphins player, you know, Jalen. Uh, it's uh, a long guy too. Yeah. 
Uh, so with that, because uh, this is, again, I keep bringing up Tom, but Tom and that offensive line, that they all they did was love cut blocking as offensive linemen. So what's the, what's the key to that? What's the key to that, yeah, to making would, a good cut block for a guy? Yeah, I would just say that to keep his inside post leg up, you know, and keep that power foot up, and then really just to go to the inside knee, you know, and then do a good job of, you know, cutting that inside thigh board, and then you'll definitely cut him off from that easy path inside. Santos keeps rolling. Another field goal. Yep. In, a, in a windy day, kind of strange. You know, their, their kicker had never missed one in that range in his uh, career, and he did at Soldier Field. It looked like a chip shot. So if you've And it was the first time you ever played at Soldier Field, Jason Sanders. So that is definitely home field edge for these kickers who come in. They, they, they look a little uncomfortable when they come to Soldier Field. You see them doing a lot more kicks before the game, punters and kickers, and you know that starts to creep into their mind a little bit. Yeah, you know, Cairo, you know, obviously had a big week last week. He became a U.S. citizen, so that's pretty cool. And didn't uh, know that. Yeah, he did it on, on the day off uh, oh, last cool. week. So we talked about it as a football team, and uh, he was excited about that. And uh, he said, uh, you know, we all started chanting USA, USA, right after practice on, on Wednesday when I announced it. And uh, But he did say, you know, it's the, it's the World Cup, right, the mm-hmm. soccer. He said mm-hmm. when the World Cup goes on, he's still rooting for Brazil. So. <laughs> He's allowed. Yeah. He's allowed. Well, he's been having. Oh, now great, how cool is that? That's, that's a great, great story. It, it was great, and uh, the team really loved it. And we love Cairo. So, and he's done a great job. You know, I'm always in communication with Cairo before the game. You know, what, what, you know, which way do you want to kick first? What do you want to, you know, what's, what's looking good for you? What's your distances? You know, what are you thinking? And he's always very calm and collected. And him and I have a lot of communication before the game. You don't realize it, but there's uh, the fans may not, but there's so many guys that you know. Khalil Herbert's family is is from I think Bermuda. Uh, Nikhil Harry, uh, right. Saint Vincent in the Virgin Islands, you know, uh, Southern Caribbean. Uh, there, there's so many, you know, on this roster and throughout the league that uh, and, you know, Harry's great story. His family, you know, took a long time. His grandmother had to come here to bring him here to, to give him a, a life. And right. you know, it's just the stories are stunning. Not nothing that you and I ever had to worry about. You know, or, or go through. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. You know that uh, those guys are involved in, in you know becoming U.S. citizens like Cairo, yeah. and, and you know, and they really appreciate the United States of America. So it's really cool. Now it's time to look ahead. Brought to you by Bet Rivers, the official sportsbook partner of the Bears. The Lions come to Soldier Field for a noon kickoff. Get their second one of the season, and uh, Bears fans always love it when it's over the Green Bay Packers, 15-9. I have never heard of Aaron Rodgers throwing three picks, not since his rookie year, anyway, but. They got him. Uh, so what do we know about the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell? I guess the first thing is, that, you know, you think of toughness. Yeah, no doubt. They're playing super hard. You know, and obviously had a great game last week. You know, their, their, their first-round draft pick, Hutchinson's doing a wonderful job. You know, obviously the two picks by Joseph yesterday. Um, they have some athletic linebackers in Anzalone and on Barnes, you know. So they got some guys up front. So it's going to be a handful for offense for sure, you know. And then on the defensive side, obviously the quarterback's got great experience, you know. Uh, you know, they got some really good skill sets at running back and you know, receiver, and, and we're going to have our hands full there too. But we'll set the game plan up for success, and we'll uh, we'll work it during the course of the week, and we're excited about the matchup. Another two-pronged rushing attack. Heck, a couple weeks ago, and this is how fickle the NFL is, they were the number one offense in football, and they're still ranked very highly. But, you know, things change on the dime with injuries and whatnot. And then you got a situation, Equiminia St. Brown, these these two uh, and his brother, Amon Ross St. Brown, who's uh, really come on strong since the middle of last season. They've had a bet on this game. You know, they're an own family bet, but the brothers playing against each other, it's kind of a cool story. No, I think it is, and he's had a really productive year. He's their leading receiver, you know, so uh, he's yeah. obviously really done well with well, He's a good player now, right? Oh, yeah, very good player, very explosive. Uh, you know, he goes up and gets the ball, and he's, he's an aggressive player. So he's, he's – uh, 
Certainly done a great job this year. In their offensive line, they had the big left uh, uh, left tackle and Penny Sewell, the, re- the tackle that uh, they got out of Oregon a couple years ago. And so they got big names on the offensive line. So that'll probably be a pretty big challenge there for your defensive line. That's One of the things you'll focus. For our, for our defensive line, for sure. And, uh, you know, we'll have to get to work on it. All right, Matt. Well, appreciate it. Uh, good luck on your preparation this week. Uh, and get back to Soldier Field, get that crowd. How was the crowd yesterday, great. by the way? They were great. Did they get lit up? Yes, they did. They were yeah. wonderful. We were excited to be back, you know, in Soldier Field, you know, with the Chicago Bear fans, man. And they, they were just – and they travel well, too. When we're on the road, they're there, too, supporting us. So we're, we're excited about getting back there another time. All right, good luck. That is Matt Eberflus. Want to thank Keith Johnson, Andy Gersher, Dan Brilli, and Jordan Treadup. I'm Jeff Joniak. Back at Soldier Field Week 10, Bears-Lions pregame at 9, kickoff at noon. Stay tuned. Monday Night Football on 780. Joined in progress with New Orleans and Baltimore. News continues on 105.9 with CBS News at the top of the hours next. This is News Radio 105.9 WBBM. Good night, everybody.